Today's episode of Darkness Radio is brought to you by Microdose. Get out of pain, get out of anxiety, and start treating yourself a little bit better. Try Microdose. Microdose is a CBD THC gummy that will get you out of pain, get you out of anxiety, and get you into feeling good again. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code DARKNESS to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code DARKNESS. It's that day, folks. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Supernatural News and Parish Share. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. And with me today, we have a co-hostess with the mostest. She's right over there. She's right across from me. I can see her little icon. It's Mally Fox. Hi, Mally. <laughs> Hello. You can't, I'm not having... Uh, you're not seeing me on screen. <laughs> no, no, no. I just see your little icon. I see you smiling. I know. Right One day there. we'll do face-to-face. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Make sure you catch me like I just woke up or... You know, I should explain. I to just people. worked out. I, sh- I should explain to people. Mally hides from me every time that I we do. get. On, yeah, we get on uh, from Minnesota and Michigan. She, I don't think you. I, I think you, the last time you showed me your face was was probably, by accident. Yeah, by accident. Yeah. Was, yeah, I was like, whoa. It was like a <laughs> what about a year and three quarters ago or something like that. Probably. Yeah, I think I'm that's, weird about that though. No, it's I all just, right. It's all right. I don't care. That's fine. I know you don't care. No. I can see your lovely face. Oh, see, I'm smiling. I like to show yeah. you my uh, my my uh, gains and my losses from Munjaro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting uh, tinier and tinier by the day. So, how is it slowing down at all? Because I hear when people are on it for a little bit, they start to slow down, like they hit a stall. It has, but I'll be I'll be completely honest with you and the listeners. Um, the reason why I've slowed down is because. Mm-hmm. I am on uh, morphine for pain. Oh, okay. That slows the metabolism way down. Although, uh, I had a meeting with my pain doctor this past month, and we are going to cycle down off the morphine. So, okay, yeah. So, it, w- you know, we we're going to look at some non-narcotic ways of of defeating the pain. Um, it's tough though, because as you know, I have a broken neck and broken back. So mm-hmm. along with our severe arthritis, degenerative disc disease, the shark foot, torn ligaments and, and, and so basically like what do you not have? Um, <laughs> what do I not have? <laughs> uh, I don't have a broken pinky. That's what I don't have. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. But but yeah, so we're going to try and figure out other ways to to manage manage the pain, because the idea is well, when I met with my endocrinologist, she said, you know, if you weren't on the morphine, you'd probably be about 30 to 40 pounds lighter. Okay. And I went, are you, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And she said, yeah. And I went, well, I want to be 30 to 40 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be taking this wonderful drug and dealing with the side effects and not be lighter. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so I, I you know, I want to, I want to get, uh, I want to get all the, uh, the benefits of it that I can. So. Um, and, and to the people who say these drugs are a shortcut, boy, have I got news for you. There's no shortcut with these drugs. 
I know my dad's had a couple because he takes it for diabetes, not for weight loss. Well, but I know he's had he's had issues. That's that's why I'm taking it is for the diabetes. Right. I'm not taking it for the weight loss. Um, I'm taking it to keep my numbers in line. So right, yeah. But the weight loss is just a nice little mm-hmm. side effect. It's a nice little benefit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and as your dad's probably told you, there are there are some side effects that are not pleasant. Yes, and yes. I'm, I'm having a few of those. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, life's not without its, uh, its hills and valleys. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we have some valleys and that's, that's what you deal with it. So, so yeah, let's just say that, uh, um, let's get gross about it for a minute. Huh? Dulcolax and I have become good friends. (laughs) What is that? I'll let you look it up in your spare time, but I, I've come up with a, are you having bathroom issues? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I've come up with a new jingle for Dulcolax. Oh, so as you're on the toilet, you came up with a jingle? Yeah, yeah. Um, set to Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. Um, maybe someday I'll write it down the lyrics. It's it's quite funny, actually. Um, but you know that part about your heart sweats, your teeth grind? That's in yeah. there. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm just saying. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, that Manjaro. <laughs> And there's your ad. <laughs> there's your ad. But I know like our friend Tim Weisberg's had incredible success with it. Yes. Yeah. He's down, what, 70 pounds or something like that? Yeah, because when we saw him this summer at the um, Michigan Paracon, mm-hmm. he was, yeah, he had lost a lot of weight. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah. But he didn't he good. just have kidney surgery or something? He did have a kidney stone. Yeah. Which, you know, in all fairness, when you go on these drugs, your alkalinity goes up quite a bit. You do have to drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. There's that. So I'm not saying that that was the cause. I'm not saying when Jar right, was the cause of right. the stone. I mean, he could have a genetic predisposition for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, there's, there's things that do happen. Yeah. Well, I noticed one of the things my dad does now is he drinks a lot of hot tea when to replace like the coffee he used to drink. Yeah, yep. Because he used to drink a ton of coffee, and now he drinks a lot of tea. Lemon lift, baby. That's what I'm drinking. <laughs> yep. That actually sounds refreshing, though. It is. It's very good. I used to drink it when uh, Lake Hammond and I were working over at uh, Minnesota Public Radio. We were doing the Jazz Image on Saturday nights. Okay. Because Lake was a was a tea drinker. So. Okay. So he'd say, young man, let's go to the kitchen and get some tea. So he would drink Earl Grey and I would drink Lemon Lift. Now, did he microwave the water or did he have a tea kettle? We had to microwave the water. We didn't have a tea kettle. We had gotcha. to use the NPR kitchen. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. You're limited. Yeah, yeah. You're limited. You have a microwave. <laughs> yeah, that's ba- in a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, radio yeah, stations. yeah. <laughs> And But what was wonderful, and this is what's great about American public media and, and Minnesota Public Radio, is they had an entire cabinet full of Bigelow teas. Were they a sponsor? No. No, they oh. just provided that for employees. Well, that's nice. That's yeah. A little perk. I know, right? They had... Uh, they had I like, like the cinnamon <gasps> tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you or the had, chai. You had probably about 15 flavors of tea, and you had either... Uh, caffeinated or decaffeinated coffee. <laughs> That's <all you> got. <laughs> so if you're a coffee drinker, you were screwed. You didn't get flavored coffees, but by gosh, yeah. if you drank tea, you had uh, you had 15 different Bigelow teas. 
or it was either Twinnings or or, or Bigelow. I, I okay. mean, you had a, you had a, yeah. You had the nice kind. Yeah. You didn't have the generic. No, no, no. Nice. A lot of tea drinkers over there at American Public Media. I'm not surprised when you think about it, though. No, no, no I'm not either. So, <laughs> no. So this has been Tea Talk on Supernatural yeah, exactly. News. Yeah. What's your favorite Sorry, blend? people. <laughs> Actually, if we're doing Tea Talk, I should speak like this. Uh-huh. Tea Talk. Uh, today's show, big, big time news today. Uh, lots of alien news. Lots of, uh, I shouldn't say lots of AI news. But by the way, do you have an iPhone, Mally? No, I don't. I got rid of it. I didn't like it. There's AI coming to iPhone in a big way. Oh. With uh, this coming September with iOS 18, AI and the new, uh, the new iPhone 16 is going to be very AI heavy. Oh, we ran into a problem where I live because I, AI stories are being created mm -hmm. and they're being created incorrectly. Yes. Yeah. So we got a notice because someone unfortunately drove into the river uh, to end their life. Mm -hmm. And the AI story that was created said it was like this teacher that had just passed away. And she did. She just passed away. Mm -hmm. But naturally. Yeah. So all these people were thinking that this specific teacher had committed suicide by driving into the river. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it nice. was. Schools were sending out notices saying, "No, it's not this teacher." It was, and it turns out, I think, it was in another country because they were seeing what was being Googled. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. then they created this AI story, and all these people were given the wrong, incorrect information. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. Yep. So there's a little bit of AI news today, and we have a lot of ghost stories today. Ooh, now that's. That's what we're, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so we've got that to dive into today. We may have one or two parachute stories for you today as well. So we got a lot to get to today, lots of stuff to uh, jump into. So let's jump into it, shall we? Yuri Geller claims he was shown an al alien bodies that looked like us at a NASA base, Mally. I hope it didn't look like us. <laughs> I think maybe he was just, just fooled. like you and me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think most aliens do like look like me. I mean, you know, bald head, <laughs> goatee, really weird eyes. Just saying. <laughs> Our spoon-bending magician, Yuri Geller, said he was taken to a room below a NASA flight center by an astronaut where he saw small and thin alien bodies. Well, that's not me. Yeah, far it's from not that. me either. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, and claims they looked like us. Um it's true. Uh, the 77-year-old took to Twitter, or as you know it, X, to make this shocking claim and said that the bodies were kept in a refrigerated room deep below NASA's Goddard Space uh, Flight Center, 10 meters or kilometers, rather, northeast of Washington, D.C. Uh, Geller said that while at the base, he was taken to a concrete building by German, rock, German rocket engineer... Werner von Braun and astronaut Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon. Well, how, why has Edgar Mitchell not said that he's been in this building? I I don't know. I think this guy's making up stuff. I think so, too. Edgar, Just to say relevant. Edgar Mitchell has told us everything about anything when it comes to, you know, his, his adventures going to the moon, um, about things appearing in front of a capsule. I mean, he spilled everything about aliens to us. Why would he not say, oh, yeah, I took Gary Geller over to go look at human-looking aliens once? Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, Geller wrote, before we went in, Von Braun asked me to put on an orange Antarctic-style warm coat with the circular blue NASA logo on it. And he also put one on, too. Inside, it smelled like a hospital. Ew. You, uh, I could see what looked like heavy glass containers with lifeless bodies lying inside them. It was a shocking sight, like when you see an accident that has happened and you feel like something has hit you in the stomach. Geller went on to describe the aliens he saw in these transparent coffin containers. He said the bodies were small, thin, and very frail-looking with big heads, but disturbingly familiar. They looked uncannily like us, enough for me to feel repulsed and sorry for seeing these victims. They had either been severely injured or had decomposed a lot, but not all. Icky. <laughs> Where are the photos? Why didn't he take photos? Well, he probably wasn't allowed to if it was a top yeah, secret. Yeah, but it's just the two of them, though. I mean, he's blabbing about it, so obviously it's not that top secret. No, yeah, true. The world-famous spoon bender. I don't know that I want to be known as that when I die. The world-famous spoon bender uh, issued a challenge for doubting social media users, promising none of your cynical and scoffing comments will change uh, what he claims he saw. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't you dare doubt Yuri Geller. Um, some people backed up Geller in the comments section, one sharing that I've seen this kind of alien also. Some were more scathing with one ex-user asking why the magician would be shown something the president isn't even allowed to see. The self-proclaimed psychic has never shied away from making bold claims about aliens. In 2021, he said the Earth should be expecting forthcoming alien contact where the visitors uh, should make a stunning landing that Geller claims will be like a Steven Spielberg production. Uh, still waiting, Yuri. Still waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that's happening. Anytime. I think we're going to be waiting for a very long time. Think so? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, just saying. Meanwhile, a, an ex-U.S. Army man claims two blue aliens said there's 135 billion humans out there. Like out there, Mally, like out right, in space, right. like out, out, out on a planet. Uh, Alex Collier gave several bold claims over the years about meeting two very odd blue Andromedians called Visius and Moronet, who appeared to know a lot of details about our universe. Okay. This man has a good imagination. <laughs> yeah. Was he abducted or? We're about to find out. Okay. A former U.S. Army official claims he met with two bluish aliens who said there are 135 billion humans out there. Alex Collier served time as a helicopter pilot in the Army and spoke to two aliens in the 1980s. He is... I remember those days we were all high on coke. Um, <laughs> he has claimed the contact was so grand that he was actually taken into their spaceship where he was forced okay. to wear a special belt. So the aliens shown as Andromedans or Andromedians, I guess is what their proper term is now, oh. uh, called Visius and Moronet. Those are very creative names, by the way, could talk to him over a three month period. Three months. So they could talk to him because he's wearing the belt? I guess so. During their chat, which has been held up as one of the most in-depth examples of alien to human contact, the aliens divulged many eye-opening things about humans and life in the universe. The pair, he claimed, told him the universe was created 21 billion years ago and contains more than 135 billion humans. 
would it be nice if they could take like all the icky humans and just put them on another planet? They do enough abductions. Like, take the idiots that we have here and just move them. You, move them along. You, sir, get a free ticket to planet asshole. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. It's just a big puckery planet. Yeah. <laughs> he also described the aliens as having a bluish skin color and claimed the first time he met them was when he was playing hide-and-seek in a field, fell asleep, and oh woke up God. on a table. Yeah, it does sound like he was smoking something. <laughs> <laughs> playing hide and seek in a field i haven't done that since college you know what's really fun mally yeah mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying uh he said as i'm lying on this table there was a man he says this in quotes who was very tall about seven feet tall and he had light blue skin and physically perfect oh this is definitely mushrooms uh all i could tell you was i had an instant recognition of who these men were and that i had no fear and that I instantly love them. Aww. Aww. <laughs> uh, the reason that they've come to visit me is that they is that because genetically the lineage of my family goes to them. And the story they told me was that 62,000 years ago, I was here as part of an outpost. I tried to break up an argument between two other visiting races and I was killed, which has put me into the Earth's reincarnational cycle oh god mushrooms are so good mel they really are during the talk which he gave in japan in 2007 he claimed that visius uh was around 43,000 years ago and that morine was a sprightly 700 or 1700 years ago wow so he's a youngin so do you think that popped up on his ancestry yes yes it, it did yeah <laughs> He, got, he has a lineage of communicators with yes. aliens. <laughs> you may be related to Morine. Exactly. Who's only 1,700 years old. And they show him in a little minor 49er hat. <laughs> Here's what a guy on mushrooms looks like, Mally. <clears throat> yeah, he looks happy. He does look happy, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got that glow in his eyes. Do his pupils look dilated, by the way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got some, yeah. He's yeah. got some dark eyes there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, just saying. He looks way stoned. I mean, I am not, I'm not making fun of him for communication if he really did with aliens, because I do believe there are aliens. Mm -hmm. But sometimes these people, I'm like, are you kidding me? Where's the camera? I feel like there's a hidden camera somewhere. <laughs> do you want to hear one more funny deal about him here? About him? Yeah. Okay. He claims they put a small metal cap on his head that made... Monitors appear on the walls on the inside of the ship showing different scenes of lifetimes, which he claims were all of past lifetimes. So basically, they uh, have right. reality shows on the ship. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And after divulging details about the universe to him, he explained if this is the true nature of what our universe is and how it works, and we must come to realize that there's more to us also since we are connected to this process as well on most levels, if not all of them. Now, past the duchy on the left-hand side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that story there. I'm so glad this guy has power. Ultimate, ultimate power in the army. <laughs> that's who's defending your country, folks. Just saying. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. an ex-Pentagon alien hunter is a little more down-to-earth and actually using some logic here. 
and says that most UFOs are actually secret military aircraft. (laughs) (laughs) I like this guy. Sean Kirkpatrick retired from his role as the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. You know it as Adero. It's not Arrow, but, you know, it's close. In December. Uh And has made many bizarre claims in recent months. A bloke, as it says here, because it's written by the Daily Star. Gotcha. Who formerly headed up the Pentagon's alien hunting team, has admitted that most UFO sightings are actually just secret military aircraft. Sean Kirkpatrick, the former director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, made the claim while talking to CNN's Peter Bergen. He openly admitted to that, that uh, none of these sightings people are making are actually extraterrestrial in nature. And in a comment that comes off far worse than he probably thinks it does, he went on to identify exactly what kind of special military tech, not made public before, by the way, uh, that people are actually seeing. Well, I don't know that you should have done that, Sean. Yeah, that was a big oops. Yep. He said, speaking to the In the Room podcast, there are a lot of observations of real advanced U.S. programs, but none of that is extraterrestrial in nature. There are a number of advanced technologies that are being commercialized that people don't recognize. There are a large number of people, pilots, and others who, you know, have said, hey, I saw this giant sphere. It had a cube in it. I don't understand it. It must be alien. Well, actually, no, he went on to say. The next generation of drones that are being built are spherical drones. Slow your roll there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell the Russians what we're doing. Yeah. He went on to say, with eight thrusters and a cube configuration, I can maneuver this drone around very accurately. And they've tried these all over the place. Oh, don't, Sean, no, 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 buddy. Yeah, just give them the coordinates. Yeah, yeah, just tell them right where we're building <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, if you just go down to the Lockheed factory down there, you can go try them out for yourself. Mr. Kirkpatrick caused controversy last year when he retired without warning days after claiming that sightings all over the sky in the United States were actually either aliens or technology of rival nations, which is very different to his latest claim. At the time, he explained, if we don't prove it's aliens and what we're finding is evidence of other people doing stuff in our backyard, and that's not good. You're right, that's not good. Just days after making the comments, he announced his retirement, which came in December of 2023, and claimed he would spend his days wrapping up the first volume of a historical review of the unidentified anomalous phenomena issue. Sounds like his retirement was forced. I think It was not volunteered. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you're yelling, hey, it's just a drone. What are you kids worried about? Yeah, yeah. I think they probably wanted to shut him up. He may be shut up permanently someday. You never know. Yeah. Conspiracy. Yep. There is your conspiracy (laughs) alert for the day. Um, A story from Mars for us, uh, Allie. Yes, Allie. (laughs) That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. Uh, A story from Mars for us today. An ancient lake could be the key to proving that there was alien life on Mars. This according to scientists. A recent study of a lake bed in the Jezero crater on Mars by NASA's Perseverance has found that it at one point may have been filled with water, with sediments inside possibly providing evidence of earlier life forms. Uh, Scientists say that that ancient lake bed could prove that there was 
life on Mars. Professor David Page from the University of California said, from orbit, we can see a bunch of different deposits, but we can't tell for sure if what we're seeing is their original state or if we're seeing the conclusion of a long, long geological story. To tell how these things formed, we need to see below the surface. The rover, which is about the size of a car, has been exploring the 30-mile-wide crater since 2021. Radar images show lake sediments are regular and horizontal, just like sediments deposited in lakes on Earth. Professor Page said, It's cool that we can see so much evidence of change in such small geographic areas, which allow us to extend our findings to the scale of the entire crater. Perseverance's soil and rock samples will be brought back to Earth by a future expedition and studied for evidence of past life. Between May and December of 2022, Perseverance drove from the crater floor onto the delta, a vast expanse of 3 billion-year-old sediments that, from orbit, resembles the river deltas on Earth. Using radar waves, the rover showed scientists down to the base of the sediments to reveal the top surface of the buried crater floor. Uh, Professor Page added, some geologists say that the ability of radar to see under the surface is kind of like cheating. The results of this, published in the journal Science Advances, shows two distinct periods of sediment de uh, deposition sandwiched between two periods of erosion, the radar images also shows that the sediments are regular and horizontal, just like sediments deposited in lakes on Earth. Professor Page went on to say the changes we see preserved in the rock, rock record are driven by large-scale changes in the Martian environment. It's cool that we can see so much evidence of change in such small geographic area, which allows us to extend our findings to the scale of the entire crater. Uh, science, science, blah, blah, blah. Science, science, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? There might be water. <laughs> so there you go <laughs> yeah so uh speaking of water uh, uh -huh. there might be a little bit of blood rain over there in uh, england this week okay have you heard about this no i haven't uh blood rain i know sounds it it sounds like something out of a, a blade vampire movie from marvel but uh blood rain actually has a very real um, origin from the sands of the Sahara mixing with rain clouds and a physical rain falling that looks like blood. Oh. Yeah. Uh, people in Britain are urged to protect their cars right now as an eerie blood rain is hitting the UK this week. It started up on Monday as weather forecasters warn motorists that their vehicles are likely to get seriously dirty as Sahara dust is blown over the Atlantic from West Africa to Britain and combining with rain. If you cleaned your car this past weekend, you may be, if you're in Britain, because we have, we have listeners in Britain, you may be annoyed to learn that you wasted your time because it's likely to get filthy again very soon. Uh, forecasters have warned drivers to act now as your vehicles will be smothered in dust from the Sahara that's likely to fall as blood rain. I think blood rain's a pretty cool idea, though, don't you? I'm curious to know what it looks like. I mean, you're describing it, but I actually mm -hmm. want to see it. Yeah, like a red rain. Yeah. Yeah. Recent storms in Africa have whipped up a huge cloud of Sahara dust that has moved over Cape Verde and West Africa into the Atlantic. Southerly winds were predicted to push the dust to the UK and were expected to be seen in the UK from this past Sunday night with cars being affected from Monday. 
With the likelihood of rain in the country, the dust will fall from the air with the rain. Nick Finnis, meteorologist with NetWeather, wrote on the services blog, the strengthening southerly wind on Sunday ahead of the cold front moving in from the west will also pull North Sahara dust that's been spilling out of West Africa out across the Atlantic today. The dust load greatest across northern and western areas on Sunday, where southerly winds will be strongest before the greatest dust load shifts further south and east on Monday. Some of this dust will fall onto the surfaces of the ground, such as cars, more importantly where rain is expected with an area of low pressure moving northeast. There is some uncertainty over the path of this rain across England and Wales for now. To try to protect your car from getting covered in blood rain, which just, again, sounds so cool. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't tell you. Uh, it's advisable to cover it while it's parked or make use of a garage if you have one. The Met Office explains that the term blood rain is not a meteorological or scientific term, but it's a colloquial, a clo- I can't say it, colloquial, can you say it, Mel? No. <laughs> colloquial, colloquial, uh, I don't know, phrase. I have a hard time speaking, period, let alone Maybe pronouncing I, certain words. Let me try this. Hold on. <laughs> My tongue gets all weird when I have to do more than two syllables. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, colloquial, 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 it, it's the L and the Q that's screwing me up. Colloquial, you tried it t- at home 10 nope. times. Colloquial. <laughs> Colloquial, colloquial, oh, God damn it. Anyways, you know what I mean. Um, it's a phrase that goes back quite a, ways, a long ways in history. It's understood that blood rain occurs when relatively high concentrations of red colored dust or particles gets mixed into rain, giving it a red appearance as it falls. How often does this happen? Uh, let's see if it mentions it here. Because could you imagine like 200 years ago, if it happened to them, they wouldn't know what was going on. Well, I think there's mentions of blood rain in different historical texts. People think that they're being cursed when they see red rain coming from the sky. Like it's raining blood. Right. But it turns out it's not. It's just sands from the Sahara. I, I mean, I remember historical mentions of blood rain or it raining blood. Um. It says here that in the case of blood rain, strong winds or storms can whip up dust and sand as it becomes airborne. It gets caught up in atmospheric circulation or can be carried up to thousands of miles. Eventually, the dust will either fall out of the sky due to gravity or be caught up in rain clouds where it mixes with water droplets. Uh, When these fall as rain, the raindrops could appear red. Uh, let me see if it says it doesn't. Because I'm wondering if it ever happened during, because I know over in Europe with, you know, the witches and stuff like that, if it ever happened at that time and they're like, oh my God, witchcraft. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's happened in England more than once. I don't have a, I don't have a historical reference to it here in this article, but. You know what, if, if, if any of our listeners ran into an instance of this blood rain over the weekend or during the week, uh, send me a picture, timatdarknessradio.com, or what it did to your vehicle. Or if you actually saw it, this blood rain and took a picture of it, um, send me a picture, because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting meteorological phenomenon, but um, yeah. I'm sure that there's been historical or even biblical mention of it, but... 
it had to have just been just this phenomenon of Saharan dust or desert dust that's gone up in the into the atmosphere and come back down. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. All right, Mally, we're going to take our break. When we come back, I know all you pervs out there have downloaded your pictures of AI-generated Taylor Swift. We'll talk about it when we get back. <laughs> that's I don't know if you know that's a thing, Mel. Uh-uh. That was the thing last week. You didn't hear about that? I'm feeling old with Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, and it was AI AI generated Taylor Swift nudes were out there last week. It no, was, I didn't hear. About you didn't that. hear that story? No, no. Oh, we'll talk about that when we get back. That that was a thing. That's in our AI segment. Uh, we've got plenty of ghost stories today. We'll also do some. Uh, we'll, we'll. I think we have one parisher story we can do today. And to wrap it up today, we'll tell you about the man who died during a horse race and won. Oh, (laughs) that's how we're going to end today's show. It's all today on Supernatural News and Parashare. You're listening to Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the best in paranormal talk radio. This is Supernatural News. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Right over there is a co-hostess with the mostest, Mally Fox. And this is Supernatural News and Parashare on Wednesday. All right, Mally. You said you hadn't heard of it. I believe you. Although the rest of the... This caused the biggest stink in the world. I can't believe you haven't heard of this. I know. Because I've been on... I mean, I've been on TikTok and Instagram lately, and I didn't hear about it. Since Sunday night, Travis Kelsey has been running to different people's houses and covering up their computers with a sheet. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Microsoft CEO responds to the AI-generated Taylor Swift fake nude images. It's the travesty that fell the nation, Mally. But did it at least make her look good? Well, you're saying this like I looked at it. <laughs> shouldn't look Did half, you? Shouldn't look, shouldn't look half bad, actually. Hey, yeah. Uh, hi oh, It's research for the show, Mally. Yeah, that's what you're called. It's research for the show. Microsoft CEO, by the way, in order to find it, I had to find some Linda Carter nudes from back in the 70s. <laughs> Those were also amazing. That woman has an amazing body, even today. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> Excuse me, making me laugh or cough. But you know something? She looked even better in the full Wonder Woman outfit than the actual Wonder Woman outfit. If you remember the Wonder Woman show, I don't mean to get on a rant here, but when she was wearing the full swim outfit, you know, the diving outfit where only her face was showing, she looked even better than in the actual skimpy Wonder Woman outfit. I think we all can agree. Well, I think she's still beautiful. Oh, yeah. She's aging very well. Yeah, like a fine wine. Yes. We don't need to see a naked AI Taylor Swift, we got fully clothed Linda Carter. You kids don't know beautiful these days. Just saying. Uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said Friday that the company has to move fast on combating non-consensual sexual explicit deep fake images because we've defiled Tay-Tay. <laughs> 
America must protect her. That's right. At all costs. She's our gem. Yep. She's our national gem. <laughs> After AI-generated fake nude pictures of Taylor Swift went viral this week. By the way, they are going to hang the guy who made these by his nuts in a public square. <laughs> This guy evidently has no fear. I don't know who he is, but there was uh -huh. a quote somewhere that they'll never find me, I think was the quote from him. Really? I think so, yeah. I think I read something to that effect. Uh, in an exclusive interview with NBC News' Lester Holt, Nadella commented on the alarming and terrible deepfake images of Swift posted on X. That's right, they were on Twitter. Uh, that by Thursday had been viewed by more than 27 million times, Mally. 27 Dang, million times. Got a lot of pervs out there. That's right. They're all like, ooh, look, AI vagina. Um, <laughs> They've got their laptop in their hands and they're tilting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks the same sideways yeah. and right side up. Um, the account that posted them was suspended after it was mass reported by fans of Swift. The Swifties were on mass that day never piss off a swifty that's right or swiss off a pifty yeah <laughs> if you know what i mean yes we have to act nadella said in a pure rage as she clutched her 1989 album i thought you're gonna say she clutched her pearls that too uh she said that in response to a question about the deep fakes of swift i think we all benefit when the online world is in a safe world or is a safe world rather <laughs> and in a safe world. And so I don't think anyone would want an online world that is completely not safe for both content creators and co content consumers. Why all of a sudden now it's important? Look at all the women who have been defiled by AI, but all of a sudden now it's important. Yeah. So therefore, I think it behooves us to move fast on this because Tay-Tay has had her vajayjay aired out in public. <laughs> <laughs> it's just AI, folks. It's just a cartoon. Exactly. It was a cartoon. X didn't respond to an NBC News request for comment about the deepfake images of Swift, while the singer's representative declined to comment on the record. Microsoft has invested into and created artificial intelligence technology of its own, including being a primary investor in OpenAI, one of the leading AI organizations which created ChatGPT, as well as tools integrated within Microsoft products like Copilot, an AI chatbot tool on Microsoft's search engine Bing. Here's another quote from Nadella. She said in a rage as she bounced up and down to a Taylor Swift song in the background. I go back to what I think's our responsibility, which is all of the guardrails that we need to place around the technology so that there's more safe content that's being produced. And there's a lot to be done and a lot being done there. But it's about global societal, you know, I'll say convergence on certain norms. Uh, he continued, I'm sorry, it's he continued, uh, especially when you have law and law enforcement and tech platforms that can come together. I think we can govern a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Again, the rage, the rage when we've defiled Tay-Tay. <laughs> it's amazing because many Hollywood actresses and um uh, singers and starlets and uh, I'm sure Broadway actresses have been defiled uh -huh. on uh, right. AI fakes. Um, but man, you touch Tay-Tay and all of a sudden you got CEOs that are calling for 
widespread reforms and changes. Mm-hmm. There was a Christmas video going around and it had a bunch of stars in it. And it was like Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot, <clears throat> excuse me, Robbie, a bunch of them. And it looked so real. Mm-hmm. But in the caption, it was saying that it was all AI. But I mean, if I didn't see that, I would have totally thought that they did a video together. Oh, sure. They've done deep fake uh, stuff with both the presidential candidates this year. But nobody said a word. They're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. and some people even think they're real. Yeah. But nobody said, you know what? We need to reform this right now, Mally. Nope. Nobody said that. But the minute you put Tay-Tay's jiggly bits out there, by God, the <laughs> world stops. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's anything else newsworthy in this little article. It says, after this article was published, Microsoft provided an updated statement saying, we take these reports very seriously. Oh, oh it's the, it's the standard um Standard thing. We take these reports very seriously and are committed to providing a safe experience for everyone. We've investigated these reports and have not been able to reproduce the explicit images in these reports. Our content safety filters for explicit content were running and we have found no evidence that they were bypassed so far. Ooh, Microsoft has the trap set up. (laughs) Out of abundance of caution, we have taken uh, steps to strengthen our text filtering prompts and address the misuse of our services. Now, in a funny note, uh-huh. I don't know if I should, I, I really did do research for this. There's a website out there. I don't know if I should mention the website that was accused of being in cahoots with <coughs> the, the AI deep fakes. It's a well-known, okay. I'll just put it this way. It's a well-known celebrity deep fake porn site oh okay yeah as a joke which it's a very funny joke let's just say they have jihad in their url okay okay as a joke what they did is they put up an ai deep fake of taylor swift of her in full muslim garb covered from head to toe <laughs> Weird. I think people need another hobby. <laughs> well, and the reason they did that is because they said, well, we want to participate, <laughs> but, but we want to participate, but we want to participate in a positive way. We want to cover her from head to toe so nobody can see her jiggly bits. Gotcha. Yeah. So they said, we're covering Tay-Tay up. Let me see if I can pull up the image here. Um, it says Taylor Swift and... This website team up to stop depictions of female nudity. And they said the biggest and most important news story in the Western world over the last week is without a doubt, billionaire pop star Taylor Swift becoming offended and furious that AI generated cartoons depicting her in red body paint while twerking her, you know what, around pot-bellied Kansas City chief football fans went viral on social media. That's what the AI image was. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They said, of course, some in the Zionist mainstream media falsely and slanderlessly attributed the origin of these photos to this website. I won't say exactly when with just an ounce of research, they could have found out that they were created by degenerates on online forums and had already been widely shared throughout the Internet uh, well before we posted about them. 
despite the inaccuracies of this reporting, there's a silver lining that it has brought together two of the world's most powerful faiths, Islam and the Swifties, to join together and call for an end to a depiction of female nudity and sexuality. It's tongue. Think about how far we've come. Like our age, to see something nude, it was either a magazine or like past midnight on HBO or Cinemax, like where you could barely see it. Yeah. It was like that squiggly line stuff, you know, the fuzzy stuff like, oh, I caught a nipple. But <laughs> nowadays it's like, <laughs> it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It is. It's you, just everywhere. You can't avoid it. So, so they're doing this tongue in cheek. I won't, I won't go further with it, but they do this whole tongue in cheek thing about it which is incredibly funny. And I'll just, I'll show you the covered up pictures. It's hysterical, Mally. Look at this. So this is what they put on the, on the webpage. Okay. It's, it's, um, it's Taylor Swift in a burka. Right. But you can tell that's fake though. Yeah. You can completely tell it's fake. So this is their attempt of trying to make it good with, with Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. So she looks great though. She does look good. She looks wonderful. But it's, it's, you know, it's their way of saying, hey, Taylor, we're making it good. <laughs> People are strange. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now they're probably going to get backlash from the Islamic community. I'm just saying. Probably. Yeah. People should just leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, people just should just leave it alone because. The hype would have died down like two days later. Right, right. Because ultimately, uh, uh, people are just too sensitive. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause backlash. Now NBC News is going to say that this site is, uh, is inflaming um, the Muslim community and Tay-Tay. And now they're all going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> it's going to be a firestorm, Mel. I'm just getting out of the way. Meanwhile, AI has good advice for us. Okay. AI gives a chilling one-word piece of advice for people who meet a hostile alien. Yeah, we're going back to that alien stuff. Okay. <laughs> alien sightings are on the rise, so... The Daily Star did the one sensible thing and had a chat with Google's artificial intelligence chatbot called Bard for some advice in, hopings, in, the, in the hope of saving a life. If you come into contact with a hostile alien, there's only one thing you should do. Run. Yeah. <laughs> with alien sightings becoming more and more prevalent and NASA refusing to 100% ruled out extraterrestrials. Many people, mainly in the Daily Star offices, were starting to wonder what they should do when they encounter a little or big green man. So in the spirit of helping out the British people, they turned to the only source they could think of, artificial intelligence, which is brilliant. Right. Why not ask a machine what you should do if you find something else odd? When asked by the Daily Star, Google's large language model chatbot called Bard they asked that bard what they should do. It gave four very specific answers, especially if the alien was hostile. It stated that they should prioritize survival, seek help, stay calm, and resourceful, and maintain communication lines. 
I've watched enough movies where no, 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 no. If they look hostile, you leave. You don't sit there and try and communicate. Right. Yeah. I'll let somebody else go up first and have a conversation and see what happens. <laughs> I'm not the first one walking up. <laughs> the Daily Star says, although we're not sure how that works, if it's firing a giant space laser at you, it explained, if possible, your first and foremost priority should be to get yourself and any others out of immediate danger. Run away, find cover, or climb to safety, depending on the circumstances. So AI sort of kind of making sense on this deal. <laughs> they want you to run away because they want to crush your skull first. That's how I read it. Don't attempt to fight or attack the alien unless it's absolutely necessary for your survival, AI says. Their technology and capabilities are likely far superior to ours. Oh, look, they're, they're looping themselves in with this deal. <laughs> uh -huh. And direct confrontation would likely be futile. Look for any obstacles or objects you can use to create a barrier between yourself and the alien, says AI. If there's even a sliver of hope for communication, continue displaying peaceful gestures, like raising your hands and avoiding aggressive movements, <laughs> says AI. AI also says if the alien vocalizes, attempt to mimic its sounds or speak slowly and clearly. <laughs> Using simple words and gestures, it's a long shot, but open communication might be your only chance for a nonviolent resolution. Boy, AI is a fatalist. I love it. It also it's looks talking to us like we're idiots. I know. Well, <laughs> AI thinks we are idiots. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. It also looked at the more peaceful, less chaotic chance of meeting a peaceful alien, which Bard said. We should observe, maintain distance, and stay calm and avoid panic. It also suggested using universal gestures, not the ones you're now thinking of, showing the alien images and pictures and try to record what's happening. It added, remember, encountering an alien is an unprecedented event, and there's no guarantees how it will unfold. By prioritizing safety, staying calm, and attempting basic communication, you can increase the chances of a peaceful and potentially enlightening encounter. Furthermore, it's important to remember that this is a hypothetical scenario, and the best course of action may vary depending on the specific circumstances of the encounter. Always prioritize your safety and the safety of others, and consult with experts if possible. Who's the expert in this deal? <laughs> what do we call Steven Spielberg? Who's the expert? Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, encountering a hostile alien would be a terrifying and extremely dangerous situation, is how AI left it. Mm. AI. I'm telling you, the genius in this deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. And finally, iPhone users. Whether you got an old phone or you're looking at the new iPhone, which comes out in September, everything's coming up AI. The new iPhone 16 will be jam-packed with features powered by artificial intelligence, as well as a much smarter version of Siri. Some interesting features for you to look forward to. Apple's head of software engineering, Craig Federighi, told employees last year that the OS, codenamed Crystal, will have ambitious changes all around. One of the most anticipated updates in iOS 18 is that new and improved Siri. German expects Apple to inject its beloved 
voice assistant with what's known as generative AI. It's the same AI technology that's used in the likes of ChatGPT that allows the chatbot to respond to questions like it's a human. It means that Siri, like ChatGPT, will be trained to communicate with large language models, which include a billion or more pieces of language data. Generative AI technology should improve how both Siri and the Messages app can field questions and autocomplete sentences, according to German, uh, who has a strong track record with Apple leaks. <laughs> Apple leaks, that's what I do when I go in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, jeez. A separate report from the information said this feature is expected to be released in an iPhone software update coming in 2024, which would likely be iOS 18. Apple also reportedly explored generative AI features for other apps, including Apple Music Pages, Keynote, and Xcode. In Apple Music, AI can be used to create auto-generated playlists. Among other things in iOS 18 includes RCS support. Now, what's interesting with the new iOS 18, this is going to be interesting for Android users. No more green bubbles. Green bubbles. You know what I mean by communicating with Android users? You'll now be able to communicate on the same level. Oh, okay. So what I mean by that, and here's what I mean by that, Mally, you have SMS chats right now. Uh-huh. So everybody is going to be communicating on the same level. So it will bring a number of message, iMessage style features to text between iPhone and Android users, including higher resolution photos and videos, audio messages, typing indicators, read receipts, Wi-Fi messaging between iPhone and Android devices. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right? Uh Improved group chats, including the ability for iPhone users to leave a conversation that includes Android users. Okay. Improved encryption compared to SMS and sharing your location with people inside text threads. These modern features are already available for Bluebubble iMessage users in iPhone to iPhone conversations, but now they'll be available for Android users. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're not available when texting Android devices from an iPhone, but both Android and iPhone are going to a new system of AI because Android is going to this AI system as well. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I wonder if you can switch it off. Can you switch it off if you don't want the AI? No, it's being incorporated oh. into Samsung is doing it first. Uh, but all AI or all Android systems are going to this AI system. Uh, and it's called, uh, is it called an RMS system? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, but they're all going to this system. IOS 18 is the first or second week of June. The rollout is expected to happen the third week of, of, of September, which is when most of this stuff happens. Um, it does go live in September. Typically, third week of September for most iOS rollouts, the actual physical iPhone 18 will probably happen in the fall. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, iPhone 16. iPhone 16, not 18. iOS 18, iPhone 16 will happen in the fall. Um, but yeah, it, it's happening with uh, Android as well. So Android phones will get their upgrade as well to, uh, this year. So mm-hmm. it's all going AI, Mel. I'm telling you, I just think we should slow it down with the AI. I think so too, but it, um, 
they're they're loving it on the in, in the phones. They're they're it's supposed to make both pictures, video, audio, um, texting, everything easier, quicker, and supposedly makes the assistance a lot more integrative, interactive. Uh huh. It will make things easier. Okay. So. And then it will also report us dead on the highway somewhere when we're not. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So good luck to that. Especially when it tells all your relatives you're dead and you're not. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Speaking of being dead on the highway, a lightning strike survivors uh, reveal uh, what it's like to feel to be hit by one billion volts. You, have, have you ever talked to somebody who survived a lightning strike? No. Uh-uh. Funny enough, uh, not funny, but um, do you remember the guy who got hit at the 3M golf tournament? Yes. They did an interview with this guy and he talked about, I mean, he nearly died. I think his heart right. stopped when he got hit. And he tells a fascinating tale of what it's like for lightning to enter your body and exit and what it feels like to be cooked. It, it's It's fascinating it's disturbing i mean there's all kinds of things that happen. Well, i've seen the scars yes where it looks almost like a tree you know what i mean on their back how it just kind of branches out yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah it's 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 fascinating disturbing it's all around eerie but the survivors of near fatal lightning strikes have revealed what it feels like to be hit with one billion volts of electrical current the odds of being struck by lightning, by the way, less than a million, one in a million, despite 40 million strikes hitting the ground in the U.S. every year. In 2023, there were 19 deaths from lightning bolts with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention saying men are four times more likely to be hit than women. You know why that is, Mal? Because they're on the golf course. Well, that we're stupid. <laughs> That's why. Well, yeah, yeah. Your hair starts going up. Oh, look at this trick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's a lightning bolt. <laughs> and we tend to stand outside longer. That's why we get hit more often. I mean, let's face it. Uh, lightning strike survivor Amber Escadero, I believe this is Contestathus, uh, survived a 950 million volt lightning strike opposite the White House in August, which killed three others. Although she survived the freak August 4th weather, it fried her nerves and stopped her heart. Here we look at some of the lucky survivors who grappled with death after being hit by strikes. Um, here's a picture of Amber. She looks perfectly fine although i hear she she can touch things and blow them up at will <laughs> Just i mean i wonder listen. what are the side effects after you survive and they bring you back i mean do you have like migraines for the rest of your life or do you have sensitivity to i don't know something like light or something i mean are there long-term side effects well let's find out 15 year old jacob brewer was clinically dead for about an hour after he was struck by lightning but he started to learn to walk again. He wasn't carrying, oh. yeah. He wasn't carrying metal and was not the sole person on the beach, but he was hit in the chest by a lightning bolt, which led him to foaming at the mouth before turning purple. CPR attempts yeah. were carried out by paramedics who didn't expect him to survive the night, and doctors hooked him up with a ventilator, but he survived 
and the lightning strike left him with burn marks across his body. Uh, no magical mutant powers, however. Uh, miraculously, Virginia Park Ranger Roy C. Sullivan has been hit by a lightning bolt seven times, Mally. Oh, my. He should get a lottery ticket. He should. The first occasion was in April of 1942 when he was hit in the leg and leaving him with scorch marks as a reminder of how close he came to death. Roy was hit several on several other occasions between 1969 and 1977 and earned the nickname of Spark Ranger. <laughs> He died at the age of 71, but not from a a lightning strike. Oh. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Melvin Roberts, however, claims to have been struck by lightning 11 times. Jeez Louise. Despite skepticism from experts in the Guinness World Records, Mr. Roberts told reporter Denham Hitchcock in 2015, it's like being stalked. The incidents happened over years, and experts took his claims with a pinch of salt. But following the strikes, he recalled how how any food he would taste would taste like sulfur. Ew. Ew. I do like my food, so that would suck. Yeah. Robert's wife said she had witnessed nine of the strikes on her husband. That is scary. Justin Gouger was sent flying 50 feet before landing on his face after he was struck by lightning. He told the Las Vegas Sun how he spotted a ball of light before darkness came over him. He was left paralyzed for six hours and in the following years made an astonishing recovery. The strike left him with burns and fractured vertebrae on his spine. He also suffered bad depression, anger issues, joint swelling, neuropathy, memory issues, word recall issues, and PTSD. None of this sounds like anything I want to sign up for. Uh Uh-uh. So is a lightning strike, is that stronger than, let's say, you were to get electrocuted by, like, touching a wire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking a billion volts of electricity with a lightning strike. Okay. Yeah. That's nothing compared. I mean, you and I could walk. I could go put a, I could go put a, a, a paper clip up to the, you know, up to the, uh, <laughs> up to the uh, receptacle right now. Mm-hmm. And I could short out the 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 box but eventually it'll trip it'll trip the um it'll trip the uh what do you call it the breaker yeah it'll stop the flow of electricity you keep taking the hit from the lightning bolt till it's done you know oh that's true yeah yeah because i worked with a girl whose father passed away because he 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 touched a live wire outside doing stuff and yeah oh yeah i was just wondering if it was stronger okay yeah a lightning bolt shot through a light in Kimberly Crone's kitchen and hit the frying pan she was holding. It hit her in the chest in front of her children. She said, I picked it, the frying pan, up like this and moved it over. And before I could even get it in this hand, the lightning came through the recessed light. I can remember the pain. I can remember the burning smell. I felt one fire, and all I could think of was, I wish it would hurry up and end. Kimberly suffered from seizures and her nervous system shut down after the strike. She told ABC News that she sensed looming storms, which caused her chest to hurt, as well as the feeling of a weaker left side of the body compared to the right. She still has dizzy spells and hot flashes after her ordeal. Wow. Jamie Santana was hit by a bolt of lightning. Uh, I'm sorry. Jaime, not Jamie, Jaime Santana was hit by a bolt of lightning which hit him and his horse in 2016. His brother-in-law, Alex Torres, 
witnessed his chest on fire, leading him and others to pat out the flames before a neighbor gave him CPR. His horse did not survive the strike, but is believed to have taken half of the force of the strike, which possibly saved Santana's life. Following the strike, he had numerous uh, emergency surgeries after 17% of the body suffered third degree burns. Ooh. He also had heart failure and brain trauma leading to a 131-day stint in the hospital. The strike victim used a wheelchair throughout his recovery, but felt the health impacts of the strike more than two years later. 24-year-old Winston Kemp was struck by lightning in a storm in 2011 and left an unusual mark. The electrician saw and heard the bright and loud bolt hit his neighbor's yard, but he didn't realize he had been struck until after he went back inside and spotted strange arm marks. He didn't seek medical attention other than speaking to his mom, who worked as a nurse. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. He told Gear Diary that gruesome blisters from the strike's force had now turned into faint scars, like you had mentioned, Mally. He added he experienced dull stabbing pain a year after he had been hit. Sounds like he had a high tolerance for pain. (laughs) He didn't even know he got hit. Right? I guess so. And that's what happens to different people when they get hit by lightning. Interesting stuff, huh? Very. We do have a parish share for today. Uh, I had read a couple weeks ago, I had read a a letter from Ken, and I didn't really have a preamble for it. Um, He says, hey, Cruiser and Bruiser, or Mally. (laughs) We'll throw (laughs) Mally in there, too. Uh, First of all, I must apologize. Somehow you received the second writing of our story from the Burlington Inn before you received the first writing. I was born and raised in Wisconsin until 2017 and have now relocated to Cheyenne, Wyoming. I've been a listener for quite some time. My wife and I, along with our brother-in-law and my wife's sister, decided to take a road trip from West Salem, Wisconsin to Red Wing, Minnesota. We drove on the Minnesota side to Red Wing. In Red Wing, we checked out the St. James Hotel, which is an excellent hotel, by the way, Mm -hmm. for a possible future investigation. We continued our journey over the Mississippi to the Wisconsin side for the trip home. We decided to stop for a drink and ran across the Burlington Inn. We were served our drinks, and my wife asked the bartender if the place was haunted. Yeah, right, was the bartender's reply. My wife said she was serious, as the place is the place haunted. The bartender then told us the various stories that he and others experienced. The Burlington had rooms you could stay in, a restaurant, and the bar. We booked rooms for the next weekend. We arrived at the Burlington with our equipment and our Nikon camera that was all of three weeks old. We were in the restaurant, seated at the table for four My wife was taking pictures and thought she saw a man crouched between my brother-in-law and myself. She took a picture and the camera went dead for the second time in an hour. New batteries were put in, but the camera would not work. The camera never worked again. When the film was developed, yes, film pictures taken before the man man were okay, The picture taken just before the camera stopped was red with a series of numbers presumed to be dates. The professionals at the camera shop cannot fix the camera and stated that they had never developed anything that looked like the picture on our camera. We settled in for the night. I noticed movement to my right. A black mass rushes towards me, and I am now in the throes of sleep paralysis. As a side note, this is the only instance I've ever experienced of this phenomenon. Do-do-do-do-do. He puts in his own... (laughs) 
<laughs> music, how nice. Uh, after what seemed like an eternity, I sat up and released a breath of air. My wife woke up and was a bit shaken after I told her what had happened. After a little bit of the tapping had started, it sounded like a, a pencil was being tapped on the right stand, uh, rather on the nightstand next to my wife. My wife said, do you hear that tapping? Well, yes, I do. She said it woke me up and I stated I was not sleeping. Then we look towards the door and we hear children laughing in the hallway. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the only ones staying at the hotel and it's approximately 3 a.m. in the morning. We also hear the sound of bubbling water, like when you hear one of those big plastic water setups from Culligan. Upon investigation, no children, no water source, and no pencil. All very creepy. Uh, we are now lying in bed talking. All of a sudden, a bright light is coming through the window to our room. We're on the second floor, and the stairway is east of us, about 100 feet away. My wife, being the brave one, approaches the window. Oh, my God, she says. It's a fucking barge. <laughs> This quote was to be later verified on a recording. Maybe now you will understand why I started with, okay, you SOBs, on my next visit, uh, I will send one more email that will have her fourth and last visits. Keep up the good work. And remember, be nice to your Vikings quarterbacks. They may be your next of kin. I mean, a cousin. <laughs> I'm never nice to Kirk Cousins. And by the way, that SOB wants $45 million a year, supposedly. So he can shove it up his ass. So there you go. That's uh, that's just a nice little thing for me to Kirk Cousins. Hmm. Might have to visit that uh, hotel. Yeah, the Burlington Inn, Mally. There you yeah. Go. yeah. Um, we have more ghost stories today, Mal. Cool. In fact, we have three of them on the docket today. Um, it, it was a ghost-heavy week this week, which I'm glad it was, because uh, we, uh, we've been light on the ghost stories lately. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. It's been one of those, one of those months where... Uh, ghost stories weren't prevalent, but it turns out the ghosts are out. They uh, they took a, a break for Christmas. Yeah, it was a holiday break. That's right. <laughs> this first one says that a mom has fleed her haunted house after CCTV shows a ghost wandering out of a graveyard. Rachel Fields of Wolf County, Kentucky, claims to have caught a ghost wandering out of its grave on CCTV footage outside her house. And she says she's moved out shortly after. Uh, the 43-year-old claims she couldn't see anything from inside of her car at the time, but after checking the porch CCTV, spotted the video of a spirit, which left her dumbfounded in a video. Uh, a f in that video, the figure, which Rachel believes to be a ghost, appears from the left while walking down the road before disappearing, reappearing, then dissipating into thin air next to a street lamp. Rachel Fields, by the way, had just kind of gone out to her car when she noticed that one of her dogs, Gage, had run out from the house and was chasing something. So, of course, she went to go chase her dog. Uh, the homemaker was living at her best friend's house in Wolf County, Kentucky at the time, and then moved out after as she believes the house to be haunted. The grandma of five believes the figure was one of her friend's deceased relatives who was buried at the graveyard on the other side of the road. Uh, Rachel from Eastern Kentucky said, I'm sitting in my little mini Cooper. I don't realize anything until the dog started chasing something that I couldn't see. The dogs are going crazy. So I went back inside and looked at the video and that's when I noticed it. The ghost or spirit, whatever the difference is, 
the leftovers from when we were alive, people who haven't crossed over. It disappears not just once, but twice, and it dissipates the second time. You should see it walk right in front of the car, but I couldn't see it. It's happening on the main road in front of the house, right across the street. There's a graveyard there. The people who live in this home, their families are buried there. Is that a common thing in Kentucky? I didn't think so. Hmm. I mean, maybe those old homes. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of like little villages, kind of like on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. At least where my grandparents lived outside of Louisville. Yep. And uh, I mean, maybe. Hmm. I think it could be a deceased relative of the woman. My best friend who lives there, Rachel's best friend who lives at the house, also saw the video and was reportedly shocked by it. Rachel believes it to be a ghost as there's no footprints left and the claim and claims or she claims rather that her friend lives in a remote area where no one would be walking at that time in the evening. Rachel said, my best friend saw the video and she was like, or just like me, she was dumbfounded. There was no physical evidence of anyone being out there at all. The grass is wet and there's no footprints. There's nothing for it to be a legit human. There's no one in that area as remote as it is to fit that body. Interesting. The dogs obviously saw something. Uh, he's there to let you know that he saw something that I didn't see. You see how close my car was, and I didn't see a thing from inside. It's spooky to me, she went on to say. It's just an eerie feeling to know that something is that close to you that you can't see. Despite skeptics trying to debunk her spooky video by saying that it's a real person, Rachel admits she fled her friend's home as she believes it to be very haunted. Rachel said, nothing else spooky has happened to me since I've moved from that location. It's definitely a haunted house. At that same location, I've had all kinds of spooky things happen in that house. It freaked me out. That's why I don't live there anymore. I think it's mainly tied to them, and I just happened to be staying there that time. Me and my best friend tried to debunk it ourselves because as humans, we're skeptical, and as we get older, we're taught that it doesn't exist. It does exist, though, she insists. I don't care what anyone says, but you can't convince me otherwise. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it's creepy to think that they're just kind of wandering the streets. Yeah, especially <clears throat> in a graveyard. You like to think that spirits aren't existing in a graveyard. Yeah. Right? That they've kind of left. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be a, a spirit and just hanging out in a graveyard. That, to me, would just be incredibly sad. We have a very old graveyard in town where it was when the flu epidemic came through. Mm-hmm. What was it? 1917, 1918, whatever. Uh, they did a mass burial. So they're going to do the the sonar thing. Yeah. They're hiring a guy to come by and kind of like wheel around to see. Because it's a, it's just, I mean, it's a big pit it's unmarked. They're going to see how many bodies are actually there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. This next story is a person who says they moved into a haunted house and could tell something was off right away. This woman, whose mom told her spooky stories about moving back in with her own parents in a small flat, has recounted some of the tales on social media, and other users are telling her it could have happened. I'll explain. 
A woman claims to have lived alongside ghosts when she moved back in with her parents after traveling the world. Sharing her story, her daughter explained how her mom, a former professional ice skater, said something felt off as soon as she stepped foot back into her parents' house. Sharing her mom's encounter on Reddit, she says she experienced numerous strange incidents, including strange noises, things appearing to have moved across the house when no one had touched them, and the sounds of a party next door when the building adjoining them was a bank that was closed in the evenings. Well, that's pretty much impossible. Mm -hmm. The skeptical daughter added, so my mom traveled the world for a few years when she was 18 to 19. This would have been in the mid-1970s. She quit ice skating and moved back in with her parents. They lived in a, a flat or an apartment above a shop in the small seaside town called, I believe it's Cleveland's, uh, in about... It's about a 10-minute drive away from Blackpool, England. When she moved when she moved in, she said right away something felt off about the place. She said she felt scared, but just different. Or she never felt scared, but she felt different. Uh, she said the first time anything strange happened, it was a few days after she moved in. She was fast asleep in bed, and her dad came in to bring her a cup of tea. He said something along the lines of, did you fall back asleep? She asked what he meant. He said that he had heard her get up, heard the bathroom door open and close, and then heard footsteps. The daughter said that her mom told her that a few days later, she walked into the back room and it was thick with pipe smoke. She said her mom thought that was really quite odd as no one in the flat smoked and that from then on, the smell of pipe smoke and unexplained appearance of pipe smoke happened on a regular basis. And, of course, a figure skater isn't going to take up pipe smoking. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The mom also told her spooked daughter that things would regularly move around the house. So if keys were laid down on the table and then went to get them, they would be missing. The daughter added the weirdest thing she said happened was occasionally they would hear what sounded like a party going on next door in the middle of the night, loud music, people singing and laughing, and then all of a sudden it would stop. The only issue was is that the only building connected there was a bank that would be closed at night. The former ice skater also said that when she asked the landlord about the strange goings-on, he said that it was strange that she mentioned the pipe smoke in the back room because the landlord's father used to smoke a pipe, and he had died in the back bedroom. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> There's your answer. Yep. The daughter continued, there's one more thing that I'm not sure about mentioning, as it's not really to do with ghosts, and it makes my mom sound a bit crazy. But she also said that at the time when she lived in the flat, she could tell who was going to call before the phone rang or who would be at the door before the bell went. I'm very skeptical about this, as I can understand ghosts, but have never heard something like that before. But other users of the site reassured her that her mother could well have experienced all of what she had recounted with one poster saying, I don't think your mom sounds crazy. I have extrasensory abilities and things like that happen to me often. Fascinating about the haunted flat she and her parents lived in. Thank you for sharing. If I had never experienced it, I probably wouldn't have believed it either. It's okay to be skeptical about things. And another said that happens to me with texts all the time. Someone will all of a sudden be on my mind and I'll think I need to text or check on them. Within 10 minutes or so, they will text or call me. While the third said, she's not crazy. These type of things happen to me regularly. I thought I was crazy until many of my impressions were validated. So there you go. Interesting little haunted house story. Yeah. Yeah. 
This next one, Mally, is a little bit gruesome. Uh, and I'll show you the photo here as soon as it populates. Take a look at that. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry, my hand's shaking a little bit there. But no, that's okay. I think the old sugar's getting a little low. Uh, eerie photos show a ghost lingering at the scene of a fatal crash as police investigate the wreckage. And let me see if you can see. I think this might be a trick of the photography. Let me see if I can get a better picture here. But people have mentioned that before where they take photos oh. of an accident and they think that they see the spirit hanging around. Okay, I see what they're circling, but let me see if you pick it up when you see the raw photo. Do you think it's, what is it called, paradelia? Paradelia, yeah. Yeah. Tell me if you see it in the raw photo. Do you see it? Uh, not really. No, you don't. But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you where they circled. Okay. There's where they circled. Oh. Definitely okay. pareidolia. You didn't see it in the raw photo, did you? Uh-uh, no. But you see it when they circle it. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Let's read the story and we'll tell people what we're talking about. Uh, eerie photos show a ghost lingering at the scene of a fatal crash as police investigate the wreckage. The fatal crash in Mexico City, which left one man dead and another in the hospital, resulted in a photograph which some locals believe show a ghost lurking in the background. So you know what we're talking about. I'll post this in the description of the show so you guys can click on the article and see what we're talking about for yourself. A chilling photograph captured at the scene of a fatal crash has captured what some think may be a ghostly figure lurking feet away from police. The eerie image was taken in Mexico City after a man was killed in the crash, which left another young man, age 23, fighting for his life. According to authorities in the capital, uh, the car smashed into a utility pole in the early hours of Wednesday. Paramedics rushed to the scene, finding the vehicle's two occupants. One man, age 24, was pronounced dead from head trauma sustained in the smash, while the other man was taken to the hospital also with head injuries. But now locals are convinced that a photo taken at the scene shows a ghost lingering in the aftermath. A cloaked figure appears to be standing in the background, lurking behind a telephone pole. The creepy figure has been likened to the killer in the Scream movie franchise with its head-to-toe black robe and gaping mouth. I don't know that. Oh, yeah, I do see that now that I look at it. Oh, because I didn't see that when I first looked. Here, let me show you again. Here, let me put on my glasses. Okay. <laughs> uh, the image isn't the first time something spooky has been captured on camera on the roads. In March of last year, a trucker went viral after capturing what many think is a spectral figure crossing the road on his dash cam. William Church was driving home in the early hours of March 11th when he spotted a strange white shadow on the side of the road in Arizona. Sharing the creepy footage online, Mr. Church's clip left viewers divided on whether he caught something paranormal or whether it's simply a trick of light from his vehicle. He told Fox News the figure was just standing on the roadway as I passed by. Looks like you can see the lines through legs making the figure. The brief clip was captured on a Nexar dash cam, which records drives for security reasons. One 
ghost hunters said of the discovery, this stretch of roadway both north to Payson and south to Tucson is incredibly creepy, especially at night. One of the cases we worked documented in our book was from the route going south to Tucson where he claimed to have picked up a hitchhiker whose name matched someone who went missing back in the 70s. That was according to the ghost hunter who worked on that case. All right, Mally, so I'm going to show you this circled clip again. Okay. Tell me if you see the guy from screen. I mean, now that they see, I can kind of see it, but to me it looked like a person wearing, had long hair, pants, and a shirt. Yeah, see, I didn't see it until it mentioned the the guy from screen. Yeah, I saw like a woman standing there, not... Yeah. Yeah. Not a cloak. Right. But see, again, it's a suggestion. Yes. Once you suggest it's the guy from Scream, now I see the guy from Scream. Before, I thought I saw somebody just folding their hands with their head down. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, suggestion is half of half of the uh, is half of the um, what do I want to say here? Half of the nuance. Okay. You know, half of what you think you see. Right. Um, before, when you look at the raw, again, now, okay, again, go back to the raw photo. Do you see it? I didn't notice it at first, but now my eye's drawn to it because I know it's there. I don't see it when I go back to the raw photo. Hold on, let me put my glasses on. Give me two seconds. Sure. When I go back to the raw photo and I look at the raw photo, I don't see it. Oh, see, now I see it, though, because I'm looking for it. Oh, okay. See, I'm not looking for it. If I just kind of blur blur my eyes and look back at it, I don't see it. But I didn't see it the first time around. I do see it. I do see it. Okay, I'm looking in the wrong place. I do see it. Yeah, I do see it. But I mean, when we both were looking without knowing where it was, we didn't see it. Right, right. But see, now that that I look at it, that, that could be just somebody standing on the corner. Like a bystander just kind of... Yeah. 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 And maybe it was. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? One more ghost tale for you here, Mally. And we'll, it, this is a, a little more um, mellow ghost tale. Okay. Yeah. Uh, regular customers and staff members alike have shared their encounters with the paranormal at the Old King's Highway. We're going to talk about tales of ghosts and spirits abound at Aberdeen's most haunted pub. This is in uh, Scotland, on Scotland's east coast. The historic establishment, was first, which first opens its doors way back in 1714, is situated in Aberdeen on Scotland's east coast and is widely considered to be the city's most haunted pub. Like many centuries-old building, the Old King's Highway has certainly seen its share of ghost sightings and eerie tales over the years. Uh, one former employee who worked at the pub in the 1990s uh, recalled using the facilities one day during a particularly hot summer, only to find the cubicle was freezing cold for no apparent reason. In the corner of my eye, I saw a white shadow. No, not the guy it was the basketball coach, but the other guy. <laughs> uh, I could have sworn it was a young girl, they wrote. To this day, I never went back into that toilet. Others, meanwhile, have had a possible physical interaction with the pub's ghostly inhabitants. From my experience one Sunday night, about five years ago, only three people plus bar staff. I was at the far end of the bar on my own. No one near me. I felt a tap on my left shoulder. But when I turned around, no one was near me, one visitor wrote. Uh, 
Such stories are not uncommon, especially among staff members, with many recounting something strange or unexplained happening during their tenure. Whether something supernatural really does reside within the pub walls, however, remains a topic of debate. There's uh, footage of the paranormal investigation of this pub. And I tell you what, I'm going to post this article as well in the description of our show. And you can watch that paranormal investigation as well. So there you go. You get bonus footage today, Mally. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, because Papa Bruiser was ill this week and was in the ER, um, we didn't do Ziggy's picks, but I did make picks this week. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I went one and one. There are only two games. <laughs> I, I did pick the Ravens over the Chiefs. I lost that one. I did pick, I'm sorry, Mally, I picked the 49ers over the Lions and won that one. I know. Traitor. I, I, I'm not being a traitor. I'm just saying. I, I kind of knew that was coming. Um, because uh, we didn't do a group pick, I didn't update any of the standings for this week on Ziggy's Picks. However, uh, we will pick the big game. So that'll be coming up um, on Super Bowl week, just so you know as far as Ziggy's Picks go. If you want to uh, check out what standings are so far, you can go to darknessradioshow.com, check out the Ziggy's Picks tabs, and you can see how everybody has done so far in the season. For the final story today, Mal, we're going to tell you a little tale of Frank Hayes. Frank Hayes is the only jockey to win a horse race while dead. Huh. Was he like strapped in just very well? <laughs> well, we'll tell you. We'll tell you exactly what happened with Frank Hayes here. Frank Hayes is believed to be the only jockey in history to win an official horse race while dead. He suffered a heart attack while competing at New York's Belmont Park in 1923. That's an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. If you could win anything while you were dead, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> How about the lottery? Because then my family members can get it. Hey, that's a good one. There we go. Yeah. You, you, you scooped me on that one. I think that that would be probably the first thing it would be. You know what? I'll leave would, a legacy. That, that would be, you know, the second one would be for me? Huh? Second one for me would be, I would be a wide receiver for the Vikings, and I'd catch the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that being your number one. Yep. I'd catch the winning touchdown, the Super Bowl, drop dead in the end zone after I caught the ball and secured the catch. <laughs> touchdown right at the end of the game. But would they still call it valid or would they? It'd be valid. Okay. So it'd be a touchdown. I'd spike the ball and I'd dropped out of a heart attack right there in the end zone. Mm -hmm. There you go. Or an aneurysm. Or an aneurysm. Yep. Just boom, take me out right there. I knew I... But you would be so happy. I'd die with a smile on my face. <laughs> there you go. That's how I do it. And they'd have to get the ball out of your like, dead hands. That's they'd right. Be, they'd have to pry it just, from my yep. cold, dead hands, baby. <laughs> or they'd bury me with it. Oh, the there you go. There, yep. The game-winning ball. That's right. They wouldn't put it in the Hall of Fame uh, as being the only victory the Vikings ever had in the Super Bowl. <laughs> They just bury me with the ball and say, there it goes. <laughs> you know, the old joke about, um, you know, burying me in, a, in a, or having the Vikings as my pallbearers so they could let me down one last time. Oh, no, I've never heard you say that. No. 
No. That's a joke in Minnesota. I have the Vikings as my pallbearers at my funeral so they can let me down one last time. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Frank. Uh, Frank Hayes, the only jockey to win a horse race while dead. Here's what happened. According to Frank's mother, the young stable boy and apprentice jockey had always been fond of horses. Or as it says here in this article, it's a misprint. It says hoses. He was always <laughs> fond of hoses, Mally. He was fond he doesn't of, say whores. Well, he could have been fond of hoes, too. <laughs> Frank was always fond of hoes. He loved him some hoes, boy. That's why he was a jockey, because he loved to ride. Oh, wait, I got him. <laughs> do one of those. Your button failed you. Yes, it did. Well, that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Frank was fond of horses and dreamed of one day becoming a full-time race jockey. So when finally given the chance of being able to prove himself in a two-mile, 12-jump race at Belmont Park, he leaped at the opportunity. Frank Hayes loved training horses, and one of his favorites was Sweet Kiss, a seven-year-old unremarkable mare that wasn't well enough of even by her owners, it says here. She had 20 to 1 odds in the big race and wasn't expected to pull off anything extraordinary. But Frank believed that Sweet Kiss could win. So Sweet Kiss's owners gave him the chance to prove it. Okay. Uh, this is a movie script waiting to happen now. Uh-huh. This would be their only race together, both Frank and Sweet Kiss, but one that would be remembered a century later. I feel like I should do this in a Casey Kasem voice. <laughs> That's right. It was Frank and it was Sweet Kiss. Mm-hmm. And together, they do a long-distance dedication. I can't do the, the thing today. My voice isn't good enough. Um, having the opportunity to prove himself in a big race at New York's Belmont Park meant everything to Frank. But there was one problem. He weighed 142 pounds. Way too much for a respectable jockey. You know, because jockeys are like 110. 110, 100 Yeah, that's true. They are tiny. And he needed to lose weight fast. He was told that the only way he could take part in the race was to slim down to 130 pounds. But with only days to go, it was an almost impossible goal. But Frank wasn't going to let the opportunity of a lifetime pass him by. According to the Buffalo Morning Express, Frank Hayes embarked on a grueling weight loss routine that involved hours of intense exercise and minimal food intake. But with only 24 hours before the race, he was still 10 pounds over the limit. So what did Frank do? He pushed himself even harder, denying himself water and sweating like crazy to make weight. He did that. But as he climbed into the saddle for the race, Mally, he was visibly weak and tired. On June 4th, Frank Hayes made history. After a brilliant race that kept spe- spectators on the edge of their seats, Sweet Kiss crossed that finish line first, beating fan favorite Gimme by a head. Not Gimme Head, Gimme <laughs> by a head. head. You see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, let, me, let me give myself one of these. There we go. It was a shocking win that no one, least of all the horse's owner, expected. So when they came to guide Sweet Kiss to the winner's circle, they almost didn't notice that there was something wrong with the jockey. That's right. Frank Hayes laid motionless in that saddle. And the race doctors soon pronounced Frank Hayes dead. At some point during the race, 
Frank had suffered a heart attack and slumped against Sweet Kiss, but never fell off the, the, the horse. Hmm. Experts had observed that Sweet Kiss swerved slightly while approaching the final jump, which was later attributed to the jockey slumping forward too much. It was a bizarre win to say the less, but because the jockey stayed on the horse until they crossed the finish line, the result was valid. Okay. Yeah. At the time, newspapers wrote that the exertion and excitement proved too great for Frank Hayes, but few knew about his pre-existing health problems, which were undoubtedly exacerbated by his extreme weight loss routine. Hayes became the first jockey to win a horse race while dead in the saddle, and his name became a legend of the sport, despite this being his second ever race. As for Sweet Kiss, well, she never raced again, as the tragedy of Frank's death made jockeys unwilling to ride her. Wasn't the first girl unwilling to be ridden after somebody dying in the saddle? You know what I mean? Some sources claim she got the nickname Sweet Kiss of Death. Oh, it totally sounds like it's a plot for a movie. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that is our last story of the day on Supernatural News. <laughs> Mel, what you got going on? Oh, man, don't ask me. Oh! <laughs> You're supposed to say paranormalgirl.com. That's what's going on. <laughs> All right, ParanormalGirl.com. Check it out. There you go. That's what's going on. Check yeah. out uh, everything Mally Fox at ParanormalGirl.com. Uh, you've got fashion over there. You've got you've got uh, paranormal fashion. You've got recipes. You've got drink recipes over there that are absolutely yes. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to add some stuff. I've got some clothing and things. I have to update the inventory. There you go. There you go. In the near future, yes. I am off for the weekend over at KNSI Radio. Want to remind you guys that if you want to train with the best in professional wrestling, you want to become a professional wrestler, the best in underwater needle point, uh, it's real simple. Just uh, go to amlwrestling.com, train with Beer City Bruiser. Uh, you can do that by going to amlwrestling.com. Also, check out uh, AML Wrestling on. Um, on uh, <laughs> I just drew a blank, Mally. <laughs> Uh, by gosh, I Welcome to it. my world. Yeah. If you go to darknessradioshow.com, darknessradioshow.com, in the events section, we have a way that you can watch AML Wrestling on their monthly event. You'll see their monthly event there. Um, and it is on Title Match Network. That's right, Title Match Network. I see, Mally, it'll come to me. I'm not that old. Um. <laughs> But uh, TitleMatchNetwork.com broadcasts all the uh, monthly events over there at AMLWrestling.com. You can see Bruiser Wrestle on a monthly basis for AML Wrestling. They have their February card listed already. Okay. So uh, check out Bruiser on AMLWrestling.com at Title Match Network. Uh, there's a nominal fee for every month. I think it's $9.99 a month. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, relatively inexpensive. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, oh, Mally. Yes. Mally, Mally, Mally. May 18th what? at the uh, Palmer House. Oh, yeah. Potographs for pooches. You're going to want to uh, get your tickets quickly for that. It's 50% sold out or more by now. Um, and tickets are going quick. There's probably not going to be tickets by the time we hit the end of February here. So, 
Uh, you're going to want to get your tickets and your rooms quickly, quickly, quickly. Help support the pooches of the Eagle Nest shelter um, and, the, and the animals of Eagle Nest. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, Tim Miley, Ma- uh, Tim Miley, I know what his name is. Uh, myself, Tim Miley, and Richard Estep uh, are going to be out there. At Rick, of course, Richard was on the show uh, for True Crime Tuesday. So, um, yes, come see us. Come see us out at the Palmer House, May 18th. $79 a ticket uh, gets you your investigation, gets you lectures for the day, and a post-game party. And the rooms aren't very expensive either if you need to stay the night. Yeah, yeah. So, at at a historic location. Mm-hmm. Sinclair We've Lewis. we got some crazy used, stuff there. Yeah, Sinclair Lewis used to work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. Yes, and and the activity is crazy at the uh, at the Palmer House. So, um, yeah, join us over there. It's going to be a good time uh, for uh, the Palmer House May eighteenth. Potographs for pooches. All the proceeds go to a very good cause. So, um, looking forward to having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's it for notes for today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the big show. Tomorrow on the show, Mally. Yes. By God, if you don't if you don't have an interest in tomorrow's show, I got nothing for you for the rest of the year. Nothing but love. Well, nothing but love, right? That's right. <laughs> tomorrow on the show, Joshua P. Warren. We're talking sigils. We're talking building portals right on the barrier of Area 51. Right there in, you know, Joshua bought this parcel of land right on the, right on the border of Area 51. Mm-hmm. And he's building portals. He's also got a wooden alien he's inherited named Carvel from Art Bell himself. Mm-hmm. And this thing's moving around his house at night. He doesn't have it locked up in a, in a glass case? Nope. And we're talking Kennedy, the haunted doll that he got from Tom Danheiser at Coast to Coast AM. Okay. And this got thing, some connections. And this thing's moving around his house at night. I'm just saying. What if the, the wooden alien was Art Bell's spirit? You got to tune in tomorrow. Yeah. It's a huge show. And if I don't have anything for you in that show, then by gosh, I got nothing for you for the rest of the year. <laughs> I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, you're going to be impressed. That's all I got to say. Very cool. Joshua P. Warren on the big show tomorrow. But that'll do it for today. From Allie Fox, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a good listener. I want to remind you one last time, please don't sit on these show, folks. Don't sit on the show for too long. Don't binge these. Don't sit on them and binge them. We need you to listen on a regular basis. Don't sit on them for more than two weeks. We need the credit for our advertisers. And by the way, I want to thank our advertisers this week. I want to thank our advertiser today. Our advertiser today is Lumi Labs and Microdose. Microdose gummies. Be sure to get your microdose gummies and be sure to get yourself out of pain get yourself out of anxiety be sure to uh be sure to to get a better workout 
Change your life. Microdose gummies. Get that discount. Use the code darkness to get that discount today. Microdose.com. I also want to thank our other sponsor this week. Our other sponsor this week is Factor. 50% off. Use the code darkness50 um, by going to factormeals.com. Darkness50. By the way, support our sponsors. Thank you so much to our sponsors. They keep us on the air and support our sponsors. Use our sponsors. We appreciate that. So from Allie Fox, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for tuning into the big show and for supporting us here on The Best and Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio.